Morning, guys. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Very well. Yes, very well. Excited for the weekend. Big weekend. It is. Yeah, three uh, three group ones. Unfortunately, it's local horses uh, this year, as far as Champions Day concerned. We don't have the internationals due to uh, the uh, the ongoing pandemic, obviously. But um, still, two defending champions back to defend their crowns, and the added interest of the four year olds as well. So no, it's still a still a bit to um, to look forward to. I think. Yeah, I think that the generation clash is the the sort of narrative of the day, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Golden 60 against California Spangle and Romantic Warrior against Russian Emperor. Um, so you've got the Derby winner in Romantic Warrior taking on last year's Derby runner-up. I think Roman- um, Russian Emperor has gone to a um, gone to a new level this season. That win in the, uh, the Gold Cup and a couple of stars. They all beat it on a slightly, slightly. It was a rain-affected track and Douglas White said he'd appreciate some rain. I'm not sure. It's a little bit overcast today. Um, I don't think they're going to get a great deal, but I don't think he's defined by the grounds, uh, Russian Emperor, but I don't think he, he certainly wouldn't mind it. There's a bit of a bit of dig there, but um, I still think they're up against it, the four-year-olds. Um, I, don't, we, I might have been a little bit hard on Romantic Warrior at the start of the four-year-old season. He sort of proved me wrong, but if you look at his rating that he's far from being one of the best derby winners we've ever had here in hong kong but i mean how can you how can you really knock him on what he's achieved yeah i think it's a the more i look at that derby win i think it's legit i know most people will question it because california spangles ran second and most would peg him as not a 2000 meter horse but in terms of the rating and the time it stacks up well historically it is a test to beat russian emperor but i reckon he can he does beat him the other Derby winners that have gone to want to win the QE2, uh, Vengeance of Rain, Ambitious Dragon, Designs on Roman Werther, and they were all, you know, genuine Group 1 horses, it turned out, and, um, you know, even a Vengeance of Rain on the international stage as well. So, ratings-wise, what is he? Still one on the international ratings, we'll work off for these. Um, 109 Romantic Warrior, Russian Emperor 117. So, I think Romantic Warrior is probably capable of a bit better um, still, but Russian Emperor, he's been a big project of mine for a while, so I, I can't really have him beaten here either. I think he is. And Douglas White, I spoke to Douglas yesterday. We did some Zoom interviews with him, and, and they're possibly thinking, I don't know about this season, but you know, that he'd love to take him on the road as well. And, and Blake Shin was um, saying as well, he, you know, he feels like he actually made the humidor um, reference, which I think, um, oh. was it Adam mentioned before? I can't remember who said it now, but um, he made that same reference to, you know, he's that sort of horse and he thinks he could, be competitive in Australia as well. So hopefully in that regard, that regard, whatever happens on the weekend, that um, you know, they do take him on the road, whether it's Japan, you know, UK or, or Australia as well. I think he, he is, he's well up to it. I'm sure he is. I would suggest ducking Japan and thinking more Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they, well, if they're worried about the ground, then it's unlikely they're going to get the, 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 you know, the, the softer ground there, isn't it? They're, they're better off, um, you know, Australia or a, or a UK visit as well. So, yeah, fast ground um, and we'll, even we'll, faster horses. Yeah, exactly. Come to Australia for um, soft for ground and softer so- horses. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we, we can't beat you at home, so we're going to go race you at your with your home ground advantage. <laughs> well, that's going to be the new, uh, the new slogan for the, uh, yeah, the tourism board. Yeah, um, I don't think Oz horse are going to Outside of those two. <laughs> outside of those in the cup um, Savvy Knight seems to enjoy chasing his stable mate Russian Empress so he always seems to sort of save his best for when his mates in the field um, reliable team will probably lead and stack them up at the start of the season but it, it, it plainly speaking unfortunately isn't good enough Panfield's probably the interesting one because he looked like he was going to go on last year um, 
and you know really be something with the the champions and Chader win. Um, you know, came back this season with a win, and then it's just just all gone wrong. So I don't know exactly. I'm sure it's very frustrating for, for Tony Millard and his team, but at his best, hopefully he runs well here, and it's a, you know a stepping stone onto the champions and Chader at the end of the um, end of May. You know, back over the mile and a half, but. Um, you know, with respect to the other ones, Zabrowski, nice horse. I'm not sure he's quite up to, to Group 1. Columbus County's been off since December. Kying Stars, best years are behind him. Tony Cruz even said that yesterday. Um, and good old Eric Leal as well, Torby on Diamond. Um, Eric. I'm not sure about it. Yeah, he's still going. So it, it, I really got it down between Russian Emperor and Romantic Warrior. Um, and although I think you know, Romantic Warrior might be still capable of it better i think he's got to be better and i'm not sure he's, he's quite at russian emperor's level just yet so but that's the one too definitely yeah i think the the cup and the mile are very very similar there's and they're both obviously coming off the derby there's the i guess established star you could say and then you've got the up-and-comer and away from that it looks a pretty sort of there's a long tail to it so i think russian emperor romantic warrior great race and in the mile we saw golden Sixty put into the race last start he was too good California Spangles going to lead him? Yeah, Zach was saying yesterday, the only concern is healthy happy who's drawn just inside him, trying to push on as well and lead. But California Spangles should have the gate speed to get across from him. And then it's just a case of, you know, where Golden 60 ends up, how much of a head start he gives him. But again, purely off the racing. I mean, sometimes you, you look at races, sometimes I look at the weights and measures, sometimes it's, you know, off the map and or the trials and the track work and stuff like that, but purely off the rating, whether you look at the Hong Kong ratings or the international ones as well, which brings them a little bit closer together. Um, you know, he's got to find best part of 20 pounds here, California Spangle. Um, it's not to say I think Gold 60 is going to beat him five or six lengths, but it's just, you know, it's a huge ask for him, particularly coming off this, this Derby campaign. Um, so I just don't, I don't, I just don't see how he beats him. And Golden 60, yeah, he had those couple of little blips, but the Stewards Cup, you know, didn't happen for him. The Gold Cup ground was wrong, and you know, uh, might not be his best trip either. But yeah, if he's only a couple of lengths off them, turning for home, Golden Sixty. It's a small field as well. It's only a field of eight. Um, I don't know how they beat him really. I don't want to get you in trouble with the watchmakers because I know you're in the market for free watches. <laughs> but if they've got if they've got it over twenty, but they've underrated that derby, the watchmakers at Longines. They've. Uh... Um, <laughs> They've made a mess of that. That was quite. I thought that was quite a good derby, and I thought California Spangle is was a something of a surprise because it was a strongly run derby. Mm. He didn't muck around, and yeah. um, and he only got chinned, so he ran out the two thousand. I mean, he's. I would probably fall in line and agree that he's going to be better back at a mile, but he certainly wasn't. Um, he wasn't soft at two thousand. He was. He got two thousand meters, so um, he can certainly set a gallop here and, and make it hard to, to get past. But my hope is that what that does is um, draw out the best mm. of big G60. And I like that they used, finally, finally. You must have been strutting around Chartin in your pace over position <laughs> T-shirt. And Vincent's got to look at it and thought, hang on, he's onto something here. And they, they made a bit of use of him. Who's that black signing autograph? Who's that, who's that guy with the fancy watch and the good T-shirt? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, I think you're, I think you're spot on. But California Spangler, and he is wonderfully versatile. I mean, he, he won over a thousand meters on debut, set a class record, then at twelve hundred as well. So I think they've got they've got so many options with this horse. He's he's very exciting. I you know I wouldn't be worried about dropping him back in trip. Um, you know, back to 
14 or, or 12 either. But, um, yeah, I think a, a fast tempo or a solid tempo will suit Golden 60. He'll get a lovely drag into the race. Um, you know, more than this is going in. He got very close to him last year, but he's very inconsistent. Waikuk, who seems to have dropped off again, as he tends to do this time of year. Mighty Giants, not good enough. Healthy, happy will roll, but again, not good enough. Champions Way, never too far away. An excellent proposal, very inconsistent as well, although it was better last time. Uh, behind Golden 60, but he's got more held. So again, it, for me, it comes down to a match race. Uh, what sort of lead California Spangle gets on Golden 60 at the top of the straight? But regardless, um, I think he, he's got his measure here. But it, it might be, a, you know, it's a clash that we can look forward to maybe next season, you know, with California Spangle. Tony Cruz saying, you know, this is the end of a, quite a campaign for him. You know, yeah. the derby didn't seem to be the, 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 you know, the plan at the start of the season. They had to supplement him for it. So, Going through the four-year-old series now, coming back to the miles and meeting one of Hong Kong's, you know, best and one of the best horses in the world, whichever way, whosever ratings you look at, you know, he's right up there as one of the best in the world. Um, so a big ask for the for California Spangle, but looking forward to it. You know, it's a, it gives us something to, you know, to talk about and get our teeth into. But I'd be very surprised if, if Golden City didn't win again. I'd love to see Zach often gone on the turn. Golden Sixty locked up on the inside. He can't get out. And then he finally gets into the clear, and then it's a proper showdown. Can he run him down? Yeah, I'm not I want to see, yeah, see some Brenton have duller antics too. Yeah. Zach telling him to come on faster. The yeah, I think as a Hong Kong fan, you, you want to see California Spangle and you want to see Romantic Warrior measure up because they're the future, and you'd love to see. Yeah, not that you ever want to see the heroes beat, but I'd love to see California Spangle lead and win on the weekend, and of course. Your superstar, he's put another wing to the Lejeune Mansion, Wellington. Yeah, well, we're, we're dying off this champion sprinter this year for, for sure. I, I think actually this is, although I think he'll win again, Wellington, I mean, it is actually a bit more even in that regard. I can Tony, It's a good move, I think, from Tony Cruz to go to the, to the mile. I mean, probably be a bit of an ask to drop back from the 2000 to, to a 1200-meter group one. But, you know, outside of Golden 60, um, you know, California Spangler, I think he's almost nailed on for second place. But the, the sprint itself is, is pretty even with, um, you know, the likes of the, you know, the Master 8, the site success still coming up through the um, the grade. Um, you know, we've got the old boy in Hot King Prawn, Skyfield's very consistent. Wellington, I think, has gone to a new level with the last two wins. But Lucky Patch is the um, potential fly in the ointment. He's first up since that fall in December in the sprint. Um, Francis Lloyd's saying this morning at track but he would dearly love to get a run into him before this obviously um, but he was great at the start of this season lucky patch it's a big ask to come back and win this first up but shouldn't probably ignore him completely I don't know how much you know people might ask you know is it a confidence thing in a horse having a fall like that in a race um, and uh, until he actually gets onto the track and you see how he handles himself we won't really know but I, I wouldn't be too worried about that I don't think it's just more a case of meeting you know Group one horses race fit when you're coming back after, you know, four or five months off the track. It's amazing. He started nine to four in the Hong Kong sprint. Lucky patch. Mm. That's, um, yeah. Jeez, he was well gambled, wasn't he? Probably for good reasoning as well. His two previous wins had been, had been you know, really solid and he'd beaten most of his, his local rivals. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just great that they've got him back and he can, he can take part, but it's difficult to, um, to tip in a race of this nature. But, you know, good luck to them and I, and I hope he runs well. The bizarre one for me, Master 8, geez, he's held a place in the market his last three starts and his talent just doesn't warrant it. But surely he doesn't start favourite on Sunday. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, 
I can't believe Wellington was the price he was last time again after he won the Group 1. I mean, he, he was dropping back in trip, but it's not like 1,200 is a problem for him. And they still sent him off at um, over 4-1. to one. So I, I'd be amazed if Wellington wasn't favourite for this. But for some reason, um, the you know, rank-and-file punters don't seem to, to latch on to him. He, you know, they keep sending him off at quite generous odds. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I would have thought he'd be favourite. If he isn't, then I, I don't know um, who will be Master 8. Maybe I'd... Bill Bender's supercomputer has forgotten to carry the one with Master 8 somewhere. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Insane the prices that horse has been going off. The the hard thing with Wellington, for those that haven't been listening to the podcast and haven't been collecting all the way through, is now he's going <laughs> to be his shortest price in the, you know, the grand final. You could say, which is always a bit irky for me, but yeah, drawn out to plus surely. Yeah, well, Richard Gibson said something interesting yesterday with these these interviews we were doing. He said he was speaking to somebody about um, the sire all too hard. And they reckon all too hard, didn't like the rail, didn't like being crowded up um, and showed his best when he was in the clear. Um, and I, I haven't looked back at his guineas win. In, in, my, in the depth of my mind, I do actually see him galloping, coming down the middle of the track when he won the guineas. Um, I see and that's what they tend to do with Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what they've done. They've been very, like a couple of starts back. The three starts back, uh, Lexi, no fault of his, just the way the race panic got all tied up on the rail and the horse didn't let down. So these last two ones, you've seen it, it's been very noticeable. He's got out to the middle of the track. He's not trying to be clever, just gives him some space and off he goes. So yeah, barrier nine, he'll, he'll drop in, obviously, but he won't be looking to get down on the rail and take clever runs. You'll just see him peel out in the straight and um, and keep it simple. But I thought it was an interesting angle, you know, that, that potentially the side and um, you know had a similar run style as well. Yeah, I think all things being equal, at level weights, he should have them. Yeah, it, you know, um, it won't be, you know, he's not going to win by four lengths or anything like that. There's no, you know, it's not going to be a Lord Canaloa type thing, I don't think. But um, it's all said and done. Um, I think he's, he has just got, as we've been saying, beating the drum all season. He's just a little bit better than these, and that should be enough. So, unfortunately, as far as the, well, I say unfortunately, hopefully it's, it is that simple. I, I don't think there's going to be, Great surprises through the three Group Ones, um, but they are three genuine Group One horses. I think Wellington, Russian Emperor, and, and Golden Sixty, and their, their names will uh, will look pretty good on those trophies. Outside of that, the four-year-olds maybe could uh, mix things up a bit, but I don't think we're looking at any massive shocks on the weekend. I don't think. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Have you uh, any good things away from the features before we go, Andrew? Uh, you know, I'm just sort of um, going through the uh, the program now in actual fact. The last race is a really good one. Uh, finally, we've got 11 races uh, um, on the weekend. Um, it's the Silent Witness Handicap Class 2, but it's a strong Class 2. And um, Cordyceps 6 is another Richard Gibson sprinter. He's only got two runners on the day, Richard. He's got Wellington and this guy. He's a horse we've talked about a little bit already. Uh, he's just a three-year-old. Um, he's won his last two in good style. He was the first horse that beat... Um, Nervous witness, he sort of burst that bubble and he's gone on from that as well. He looks a really smart prospect. Blake's riding him. He's been on board for his last. And it is a good race. Duke Wide, Trillium Wind, Blaze Warrior, um, all nice horses. But I think this fella, there's just three. If he could win this, um, you know, we could be talking about him for the, uh, the group races next season as well. He looks really, really smart. So I'm looking forward to him in the last as well. How's it been to be back? A bit strange, actually, to be honest sort of slipped back into the uh, the normal routine quite quickly. But, um, yeah, the, the, the seven days in quarantine weren't too bad. They went reasonably quickly. But, uh, yeah, just straight back into it, really. Um, 
So with this, some of the strict restrictions of ease this week, um, and then again, there's a sort of a, the next um, point is some point sometime next month. The restaurants are open now till ten o'clock at night and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of day to day life, it, it doesn't really change. There's, um, you know, the, the, the wave seems to be um, subsiding a little bit now. Thankfully, the fifth one. Um, so hopefully, we can have a strong finish to the season. For sure. And when's Blake back? Well, I assume that. Um, you know, he'll see how his contract back. So that's July um, 16th, I think, off the top of my head, is the last meeting. And then he'll, you know, come back to Australia then and sort of, you know, puts him almost at the start of the start of the Australian season, I suppose. Um, I don't think he's, I'm not sure he's said officially where he's going, mm. um, whether it, whether it's Melbourne or Sydney in the first instance. But, um, you know, with things getting back to him, he can, you know, take, his, take a choice, see where the interest is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously been a massive decision for him to make. Um, and he's, you know, spoken about the, you know, the, the issues and, and how tough it's been, and it has been. You know, it's been incredibly hard, and he's by himself as well. He doesn't have any family here, so I can, you know, uh, you know, really empathise with his with his situation, and particularly now to walk away from, you know, horses like, you know, Russian Emperor. Um, he was saying that was, you know, one of the highlights of his career, winning the, the Gold Cup, and a horse like, you know, Cordyceps Six is coming up through the ranks, and Skyfield, who's riding as well for Casper. You know, these are all really nice horses to to build a you know, a long career here in Hong Kong, but that's how strongly he feels about it is that, you know, he wants to, he wants to come back and, you know, I can, I can see where he's coming from as well. So uh, hopefully he can go out with a, um, you know, a few winners and a, you know, good, a good run here. And it's always, the door's always open, isn't it? Maybe you'll come back again in the future or when it gets to that point where the jockeys can fly in and fly out, you know, I'm sure be in demand to do that sort of thing as well. So, but yeah, ultimately I assume, I'm pretty sure he'll see out the season here and then, um, and then return mid July. We were talking about in the office where he'd go, maybe Victoria. But mm. um, the Sydney riding ranks at the moment are absolutely jacked. So he'll certainly slot in and no doubt he'll he'll get some good rides. Thanks for joining us, Andrew, as always, and look forward to seeing you on the coverage on Sunday. Yeah, enjoy it. Um, hopefully it lives up to our expectations. Uh, yeah, 11 races. So, yeah, great stuff. And I will speak to you um, whenever, next week maybe. Yep, for sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Andrew. See ya. Excellent. Cheers, guys. See ya.